I remember one time I was at a party at my friend's apartment and this kid that I went to high school with was there. And of course he was like, Oh, I'm working at like this, like he was working at some like awesome startup and like, you know, he went to like an Ivy league and was whatever. And he's like, and what about you? You're taking improv classes. Right. And I just remember like on the spot, I just went, well, actually I have a really good show that I'm developing and da, 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 da. And I had, it was just in my head. I had never said it out loud before. That was the first time I said it out loud. And he had, he always was just so like, I felt like condescending to me. And he's like, that's a great idea. I would love to see that. And then I was like, oh shit, now I have to do this show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the On the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Rock. Uh, And today I am joined by Emma Vernon. She is a matchmaker, a comedian. She hosts in a world, a dating show that was in person and is now online. And I have so many questions about it. But I found you, Emma, through TikTok. Basically, you were doing like a casting call for New York singles. And I was like, I'm not a New York single, but like, what is this about? Like, Mm -hmm. I need to know. Right. So I've been watching your single of the weeks when you were doing those. uh, And I've researched more about you. So I'm curious to know. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Emma. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So the way we start off on the rocks is basically to do an AZL, which is typical chat room ASL, but we're not doing the sex. We're doing the zodiac sign. Love so it. So go ahead and give us the the rundown. So I am at 29. It also feels surreal to say that because I, I turned 29 in quarantine and I still like don't really know my age. But anyway, 29, um, I am a... Scorpio and Leo Moon Virgo Rising, and I am currently located. I'm normally in New York City, but I have been riding out this quar in my mom's house in Connecticut. Um, but hopefully, we'll return to New York soon. Yes, that's the goal. I mean, I think it's probably a lot nicer in Connecticut right now compared to the craziness of New York. So, zodiac signs. Zodiac signs. You're Scorpio. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Do you feel like you're a Scorpio? Does this identify with you? A hundred percent. I have always felt very aligned to being a Scorpio. I've always felt very aligned to my October birthday. Um, okay. And yeah, I, I always can like sniff out Scorpios when I meet them. Like I'm like, you're a Scorpio or it's in your chart. And then Sometimes they don't know about their chart, and then I make them like download CoStar, and I'm like, "Yep, you're a Scorpio rising." So this checks out. Okay, okay. Yeah. And you said Virgo rising, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then Leo Moon. Yes. So I'm a Leo. <clears throat> I should put that out there. I feel like people who are Leos love to say that they're Leos. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like a Leo Moon? Like, is do you feel like that makes you less emotional, more emotional? Like, does it? you know, rule your emotions or how do you feel about that? Um, I feel very identified with like my Leo identity as well. And also I've talked about this before, but like everyone in my life seems to be a Leo, both my parents, Mm. Leos, my boyfriend is a Leo. Three of my best friends are Leos and they're all like that mid-August Leo timeline. I don't know when your birthday is, but it seems to be like between August 10th and 20th is like every person in my life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm the 18th. Okay, so you so, fit in. So welcome to my life. Enough. Okay, you're now on the you're I'm on the in. rotation now. Um, you've Amazing. just become my best friend. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I feel like um, I'm very like I'm a comedian and I love entertaining people and I feel like my integrity is really important to me and my loyalty is very important to me. 
um, and just like making people laugh. It's also interesting because I have a friend who's an astrologer and she was sort of explaining the karmic connection to me um, in the Zodiac wheel that I hadn't thought of, of how each sign gets something that the sign right before it in the Zodiac was lacking. Huh. So she was basically saying like, uh, you know, like, uh, okay, I'm thinking of an example. So right before Leo is Cancer, right? right. It goes Cancer, Leo, Virgo. So if if you want to look at those three, for example, let's like sandwich the Leo. It's like the Cancer was really like the emotional sign that was very in touch with their feelings and um, that was very nurturing and empathetic to everybody else. And then that sort of evolved into the Leo that was like, okay, let me focus back on myself. Okay, I still care about people, but like also me. And then And but was also just like kind of all over the place and like fun and like what are you doing with your life and the Virgo was like get your shit together like what are you doing like let's button up Leo you've had a fun summer now let's let's like let's get our ducks in a row and then the Libra was like okay like this is good I feel organized but like let's find some balance right and then yes so I mean and I could keep going I, I had no idea. But it's cyclical. This is the first time I'm hearing this and yeah. I am blown away yeah. because it's incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. If you wow. think about the chart now and you think about it going in consequential order, you're going to see it in a new way. And that's why it's, it's interesting because having a Leo and a Virgo in my chart, it's like the moon sign of me is like very much like, woo, like all over the place, like let's do something fun. And then the Virgo is like, bitch, button up. And then... The Scorpio, I don't know who the Scorpio is. She's a little bit everywhere. She's a little dark. Yeah. She's a little bit around right. there. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's really interesting because I had never, I had always just looked at them separately. And um, when you think about it as a wheel, and then you think about Aries as the leader too, that also provides context for like why it ends for, um, what is it, Aquarius is right before, is the very end of, no, Pisces. Pisces is the end of the Zodiac. Yes. Okay. So it all kind of like, if you, I mean, I could go through and, like, tell you what she said about each one, but, like, it's it's really fascinating. No, it's so fascinating. And I <clears throat> I wish I knew more, and I always ask people because I'm trying to get the, like, vibes of people. Like, is everyone who is a – like, let's use Libra for an, for an example. Like, you know, draw – like, are they people that you're drawn to? How – is Leo, like when you're dating especially, like how does do these things work? Because I think you probably have a good example with your parents, both being Leos, mm-hmm. being like married uh, at some point. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's a lot of energy. I almost feel like this – I've actually thought about this a lot because I have so many Leos in my life and right. almost no Leo in my life except for like my one friend, shout out Christina, I don't have any showboat Leos in my life. Every Leo Mm. in my life is a Leo in like the loyalty, the integrity, the lion side of the Leo, and not in like the like, let me walk in and like be the center of attention. And so I think that there's sort of like, I think like in some ways, like as a Leo moon, I feel like I'm more of a showboaty Leo than like a Leo, than like a Leo sun. Like I... I, um, and obviously this is not the case with all Leos, but like when I think about my boyfriend, when I think about both of my parents, neither one of them, like none of them are the loudest person in the room by any means, nor do they have any craving to be. However, my mom and my dad both have personalities that are like powerful. And when they speak, you listen, but by no means do they, do they need to speak. So that's very interesting. I feel like 
I have that same aspect. And I think it's more of my Aries that draws me towards like, like kind of liking attention as like the leader. Like I find my value within being a leader rather than right. being the most exciting person in the room. Right. And I find myself <laughs> to be loyal and emotional. So the more and more I realize like what part of my sign is like what aspect of my personality. And like people are listening to this probably and they're like, oh my God, zodiac signs are not real. But anything in my opinion that makes you feel more like in touch with who you are or there's more of an explanation because we like – how the fuck are we supposed to identify with Mm -hmm. any of ourselves without having something that's like, oh yeah, like this might be the reason. Have you heard of um, the app The Pattern? Yes, 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 I have it. I mean, so the pattern just made me realize that, like, we did not control our destiny. Like, literally, we, we I feel like we came into this earth and it was like, you are who you are. Like, I, I mean, you have to believe in astrology when you read something. I don't know if yours was accurate, but, like, I did it for myself. I did it for my boyfriend. I, yes. I put in my mom's birth time. I put in my sister's. And they were so specific to each of us that right. even just predicting, like, issues that have happened in our early childhoods or things that have happened in our career or like the type of leader will be in our career, the type of job we'll gravitate to, the type of partners we've had in our past. And I'm like, I I didn't even come onto this earth with free will. Like this was yeah. like literally like sign sealed, delivered, shooter to the earth. Here we go. And you're talking about the match part of the pattern, right? Where you can put people in and like compare their compatibility to you and like the issues you'll have, right? That, but just also just reading, like, like reading through my okay. own personal, like, chart on the pattern, and then, like, you can enter people, which, like, I do because I'm a creep, but, like, entering no, my mom's right. stuff and just, like, reading her profile. Like, I put my pa- – my parents got divorced when I was eight, so I, like, put them in the pattern to see, like, where they went wrong. I'm like, okay, let's, like, check it out why you guys didn't work. Um but, wow, yeah. I've done that with all of my exes. No one that I'm currently dating to not spoil anything, but all of my exes, and it's always been at, like, it's on so, point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they know when you don't. So I totally believe in astrology. And like, if you're a hater, why are you listening you're to this podcast? Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah. That's AZL. It's the whole, it's the whole aspect of it. Okay. Yeah. So the next question I like to get, because I think this says a lot about a person, and I'm also on my cocktail journey of figuring out what is the best to order at the bar because I don't want to seem embarrassing for just getting like a, a like a cranberry vodka. Mm-hmm. So I'm so curious to know what your favorite cocktail is. So first off, don't be embarrassed for like anything you ever get. Just like do you. Right. But second off, bartenders seem judgy sometimes. Is that not accurate? No, it's totally accurate. I think okay. the least judgmental drink, like the most universally appealing drink, and also I have whenever if I'm at like a cocktail bar, I might get more creative. But if I'm just like at a bar bar and I want a cocktail, and I'm like I have no idea if like you know if this is top shelf liquor, if the bartender is good, gin and tonic is definitely like my go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is a very like cool girl drink because it feels very like non judge. It's like it's respected by like men and women alike. You know, it's yes. like, oh, okay, gin and tonic. I love gin. Or like a guy's like, all right, good choice. Like, girls always get vodka sodas. Which also, if a guy says that, like, end the date right there. But um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes. So I'm curious to know what makes Emma Emma besides being a Scorpio and all of the other signs. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your background because you're doing a lot now with matchmaking and comedy still mm-hmm. and everything that you're about. So how did you get to where you are now? It's a very generic question, but it it provides context for the listener. Well, I'm actually all over the place. Like I was really focusing on 2020 on doing like the dating and matchmaking stuff. 
And weirdly, like what's really taken off for me is I do like a lot of perfume stuff on TikTok. Um, So I'm actually about to launch a perfume podcast and like I'm taking all these like courses in perfume. I'm all over the place. I still, um, you know, like I still do a lot of stuff about healthy relationships. And a lot of that was born of just like, okay, I think I, like you said about yourself, like I feel like I'm a friend that um, can give like intuitive advice. Like I don't know if I'm like, necessarily like the one that everyone's been like tell me what to do about my boyfriend but just like in terms of like knowing that like I'm empathetic and can give just like insightful advice people have always turned to me and then I also um have gone through training to uh man a hotline for victims of domestic violence and I do that so just like I've learned a lot about promoting healthy relationships through just like my interest as a matchmaker but also through my training Um, so I started doing videos about just like promoting healthy relationships, not necessarily like negative ones, like what are the signs of abuse, but more just like, this is how you know if it's a good relationship. And now I'm going in like reverse order. I started with my show in a world, the dating show. I was a comedian first. Um, I always had a knack and a passion for setting up my friends. And on this show, I would set up strangers on a comedy show. Um, and that kind of took off and then people really wanted me to just like focus on the matchmaking because they were like, wait, that match made a lot of sense. And like, I feel like you have a knack for this. So I started just doing matchmaking. And then when we went into quarantine, I moved my, um, my show to Instagram and just made it single of the week where I would just go live with different dynamic single people. Um, and anyone interested could join the show and like shoot their shot in real time, join the live. And that became fun. That was insane. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, There have been multiple couples that have come out of it. Um, So it's cool. I've set up couples that are currently dating. There's um, one – there's – I have to check in with this other couple because I don't know what happened with them. One couple is currently boyfriend and girlfriend from that show. Um, Someone I set up who was one of my matchmaking clients in 2020 is now dating the guy I set her up with. and people who are on my live show have gone on to date. So it's very like, you know, I don't know what I was going to say. It's great. It's very rewarding. It's, it's great. Very, okay. It's very rewarding. I feel all over the place. I do a lot of different things. And that well, is that's great. Yeah. That's that's how we should be. If we have a lot of interest, I feel like we should go down those paths. Mm-hmm. So let's start with comedy because I'm really curious. I started doing UCB classes in 2013. Um And that was like, I basically, when I graduated from school, which was in the summer of 2013, I was like, okay, what do I do now? And I decided I would give myself the summer to just sort of like figure out what I was looking for before I jumped into a job. I had a lot of friends just jump into the first job offer they got. um, And they ended up being like, why did I take this job? If I had just waited like one more month, I could have found something better or like one more week. And they ended up doing like telemarketing sales calls or like dental floss, or, you know, the random shit that you you accept when you just feel like you're not going to get something else. Um, no, shout out to anyone who's a telemarketer for dental floss. I respect your career. But my point is, um, I gave myself the summer to figure myself out, saw that there was one spot left in their summer intensive. And I was like, great, this is a sign I'm taking it. Um, so I did that. And then I just got kind of hooked. And I went through the whole curriculum. I mean, over a period of years, um, because it's also time and money. And Um, living in New York, I was working marketing jobs by day and then doing like comedy improv at night. Um, and I actually, I was at one job where one of my friends at work was a stand up comedian and, um, he would always like come by my desk and shoot the shit. And he was like, you know, like you should do stand up. And 
I was like, no, dude, like I'm an improviser, which is also like hilarious looking back. I mean, this was like 2014 and I was like improv only, like whatever. And he was like, he had a show. He's actually like a very legit like comedian. And now he's like a performer at the Comedy Cellar. And it's like funny that like I, a stupid improviser, was like, no, bro. Anyway, so he, he had a show, a weekly show at a comedy club. And he was like, just try it. Like, I'll give you five minutes. And, um, you know, do it once. And if you never want to do it again, you don't have to. And I think he, like, honestly thought that, like, I was probably going to bomb or not like it. But he was like, whatever, like, it's, I do the show every week. So I wrote a five-minute set, um, memorized it, like, practiced it. I, like, recorded it as a voice memo on my phone and would walk down the street, like, speaking over the voice memo until it just felt like five minutes of dialogue I had memorized. And then I did it that night at his show obviously had like pre-show diarrhea I was like shitting myself but then somehow right then somehow I got on stage and like killed and the audience was like hysterical like and people were coming up to me and like I love you where can I follow you and I was like so overwhelmed I was like wait am I a stand-up comedian now and then like all these other comics (laughs) in the show were like hey nice set like I haven't seen you around like where do you usually get up which is like what they say for like where do you perform um and I was like this is my first ever show ever and then my friend my friend Eric who showed it was like was like don't tell people that He's yeah. like, nobody respects you more for being a novice. They don't want to associate with you if you're a novice. And I was like, but what about the fact that I just killed and they bombed and I've been doing this for one day and they've been doing this for three years. And he's like, literally don't tell anyone you've been doing improv for three years. Just say you've been doing comedy for three years. Like, don't tell anyone. So I was like, oh, you know, UCB, three years. And like, I had never even done an open mic before. And then I just like all of a sudden realized like what I didn't like about improv was that whatever was funny could never be recreated again. And also, right. like, if you, f- it's, you're, you're not responsible. Like, you might not have the funniest laugh in the show. And that's not the idea. Like, you're supposed to assist your other teammates. And also, if you do have a really funny idea, and they don't assist you, then it fails. And what I liked about stand up was like, I am responsible for my own success or failure. If I have a bad show, it's on me and I can accept that. But at least I don't walk out being like, God damn it, Susan. You know, like I don't walk out being like, well, if only you had realized what I was trying to do when I nudged my arm, you know, and um, the other and I just realized that like when I'm funny, it's all me and I'm not like under the guise of some weird improv team called like Yellow Socks. I'm just like Emma Vernon. So I just really like leaned into stand up and started doing that more. Um, I still continued improv. I actually ended up. um getting on North Coast, which was a musical hip hop improv team. Um, and we had a weekly run. We had a, us every Saturday. We had a show at a club in the city called The Pit. Um, and basically the audience would give us a one word suggestion and we would make like a whole hip hop improv show based off that suggestion, which That's was fun. so cool. Yeah. That's so fun. And I love the the concept of like not wanting to rely on others to like have a good feeling when you leave something because mm-hmm. I did speech and debate like for most of my college experience and mm-hmm. like anytime we had to do it together I was like fucking Sarah like what the fuck like she totally dropped the ball right and like I love that you were like no this is it like it's me and it's like I can rely on myself and this is my thing right and went with it yeah that's so fun yeah and so have you always kind of had – I know, like, we're pivoting off of dating and we'll go back. But, like, have you always had, like, the knack to, like, get up in front of people and, like, share your story? Or what was the driving force that was like, okay, I think I could, like, do this in front of hundreds of people potentially? Um, In terms of performing, no. I had a lot of performance things. I had a nervous laugh. And, like, it was such a bad thing. Like, 
I remember like being in like ninth grade and like having to read like Shakespeare in front of a in front of my class of like twenty like fellow students, and I was like, <laughs> like I I couldn't do it. <laughs> and like even like I just like I really couldn't perform in front of others. However, that was something I I learned over time. But the thing that I did have was like I was always like a terrible athlete. Like I would get on sports teams in middle school and high school, and then end up playing bench the whole season. I was like a, I thought I was a great dancer, but like, turns out I was like mediocre. Like in my mind, I'm like, I think I might want to go into the ballet. And my mom was like, all right, let's start looking at college. (laughs) Um, But I, um, I was like, what is the thing that is like what I'm best at? Like, there was nothing about, I felt like so mediocre. Like, I felt like I was like, I want to be a writer, but like, I don't actually write. I want to be a dancer, but like, I'm a mediocre dancer. I'm not going to be an athlete and I don't want to be an athlete. Like, and then I realized that, like, the thing that I always had was, like, I was always the funniest friend. Like, I was always the friend that, like, ha- that was my EST, yeah. you know? Like, I was the funniest. Yeah. And so I was like, what if I just lean into what I'm actually good at and stop trying to be a journalist or a dancer or whatever and just, like, try and hone the thing that people already say that I naturally have as a gift? Um, and so that's really what launched that. I can relate to the the laugh. I have a, a, a nervous yawn. Like anytime, yes, anytime yawn. I have to go in front of people, I just start like yawning. Like it's like visible. Like I can't stop yawning. And I also get the shits and I also get like everything else. Like anytime I had anything, right. it was like, all right, let's see how many things can go wrong to Vanessa before she actually has to talk to people. And then she'll yawn. You're just like yawning and shitting and you're just like, yeah, it's a hard it's really, combo. It's, it's hard out here when you are a yawn shitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a yawn shitter. <laughs> so, okay. So – you mentioned the place that you did your in-person dating show just like a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. So I've done I've done my research, girl. I was like, what is this about? We need to see. Uh, so how did that get started? This was like an entirely you thing, right? And you brought other people on to improv with you around this couple that's on a blind date who's sitting there like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. And like, what an experience for the couple, mm-hmm. one. And then like an an amazing experience for the audience. So how did that get started? And yeah, what was your experience? So basically just like through improv classes, I was like, wow, like what are, you know, there's certain ways, like basically when you start an improv scene, there's always like two chairs up there that like you can pull. And like one of the things that always ended up happening was like people ended up like pulling chairs seated across from each other and like being on a date. Like it's just a scene you see over and over and over again in improv. And I just thought the first thing I thought was like, what if this was actually a real date? Because usually when there's like a an improv first date scene, the thing that's funny is like maybe something else going on in the restaurant. Like maybe the the weird thing in the scene is like the waiter is like really into, you know, um, one of the specials on the menu and keeps pushing it. Or there's like a fellow patron who whatever. There's always something weird. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what if the, what if everything around them was as weird as it is in an improv scene, but the date was real? And then the other thing I was thinking of just being single myself, I was, cause I started the show when I was very single. Um, and I was just like, I've gone on so many mediocre first dates. I've gone on so many like boring first dates. I mean, I, I feel like I can make any date like kind of fun or whatever, but in terms of like the landscape of like, you meet up at a bar, you get a drink, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wouldn't it be so much more memorable and fun if like when you're recapping a date story to your friends at dinner, you're like, so our first date was actually on a comedy show on stage, impacted by the audience and created by comedians. And at least if the date is a flop, you just have this like wild, like New York experience. And I feel like 
so many people were so sick of just like what dating in New York, like the monotony of dating in New York and whatever, that they were just like, there were so many normal, cool people who were just down to be like, fuck it, like, I'll go on a first date on stage. Because like, if nothing else, this is a great story. Um, So that's kind of like how the inspiration came. And then I remember one time I was at a party at my friend's apartment. And this kid that I went to high school with was there. And of course, he was like, oh, I'm working at like this like he was working at some like awesome startup and like you know he went to like an ivy league and was whatever and he's like and what about you you're taking improv classes right and i just remember like on the spot i just went, well actually i have a really good show that i'm developing and da 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 and i had it was just in my head i had never said yeah. it out loud before that was the first time i said it out loud and he had he always was just so like i felt like condescending to me and he's like that's a great idea i would love to see that and then i was like oh shit now i have to do this show yeah. And if he approves, it might actually be good because he's usually a dick. He's usually a dick. And he was like, that sounds awesome. And I was like, okay. all right, well, then I guess I got to I got to do it now. Now that I've told you I'm, I've been working on developing a, a live show, like, even though it was just in my head. You're like, just up here, but it's it's happening. My whole thing with dating is like, I'm I'm sick of just sitting at a bar and like I can make things fun like you said like we might be very similar in that aspect where like I can have fun but like it's just it's kind of boring and like so what I did in the beginning of quarantine was I brought people onto my podcast and called it like love it for zoom so like guys I would swipe on on hinge I would be like hey like do you want to come to my podcast and they were like no or yeah and the guys who were like yeah were the down guys who I was like I would date you like that is a person I would want to date so like anyone who was willing to go on your show was already like at a really good place to start because people who are willing to do that kind of thing are going to be compatible for sure it's I feel the same way I mean that's how I would recruit guys from my show like I would like be a creep on the on the dating apps and be like it's not for me it's for my show but anyone who is open-minded enough, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Check. You you hit that box. Like, exactly. that's good. Okay. So what was your most interesting experience? Because it sounds like an, an entire production. Um, one, did people actually get together? And if not, I mean, like, still they had a great experience. And two, what was your, like, favorite moment or your favorite match? Um, there were so I I did the show for three years. And in the beginning, I would do like two different couples per show. So there have been like, I don't know the number, but I feel like I've matched over at least like 100 or 200 people on that show now. Um, But like, I can think of like one that really stands out, they didn't end up dating, they did it for three months, which like in New York is like a year, but they but I just remember um this guy who worked in my office who I like wasn't even that like close with he um like my boss was like super into my show and would like go around talking about it in meetings and she like came up to me and she was like Wes wants to be on your show and I was like really like I don't even know Wes and then he was like yeah I do it and I had wanted to put my friend uh on the show and he told me that his like physical type was like Saint Vincent and like my friend looks like Saint Vincent and I and I knew that he was her type at the time and I was just like all right this is like and there was just, like, so much chemistry on stage. Like, the audience was just, like, sitting there, like, sweating on their behalves. Like, they both were just, like, so, like, shy. Like, they were just, like, shy in a way that was, like, fuck, we actually like each other. And that was a really fun one that sticks out. Um, they didn't, yeah, like I said, they did end up dating for a bit. Um, there was one disaster one that, like, comes to mind. Oh, tell me. I'm so curious. So this was like I set up one of my really good friends who I actually feel like is very similar to me. So when I was like trying to re- recruit the male match for her, 
I was sort of like going on dating apps being like, who would I swipe on? And what? And I found this guy that like looked outstanding. Like he was super handsome, like age appropriate. You know, I think he was like 30 or 31 at the time. And we were like 27. It just felt like a good match. Um, he, he worked, um, he had like founded his own company, but it was like legit. He didn't just put like founder and it was like of nothing. Like he had like a real thing behind it. Um, he just sounded dynamic and interesting. His pictures were cool. And he was like super down when I messaged him. He was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So I set up a phone call with him and he was like talking about like how he got into his business, how he ended up founding it, what he's looking for in a partner whatever. And then there were just like a lot of things that he just like didn't mention to me on the call. And I was like, this is great. Like I was super into it. I set them up on the date. Um, and then he just like totally, maybe he got stage fright. I don't know. But he was like, he didn't say anything on stage. And on the phone, he was like, yeah, la, 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 la. And then on stage, he was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And my friend was just sitting there like, um. And then. Yeah, this is happening to me right now? Yeah. And oh then the God. craziest thing. And again, I don't, like, if you have a child, great. But he revealed on the thing that he had, like, an eight-year-old child and lives with, like, his ex. But they're not dating. But that they, like, cohabitate to raise their daughter. And he just left That's all of that out. you mentioned, like, on the phone. Yeah, like I said, like, is there anything else you want to know about me that would, like, be something to let, let – I gave him numerous opportunities to mention that he still lives with the mother of his child <laughs> and has a child. And um, it just came out on the show. And he was, like, so quiet and hardly said anything. And then, like, the only thing he did talk about was, like, having a kid. And my friend was just on stage, like, looking at me because I was standing on the side and she was, like, and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And um Yeah. Oh my god. That was a wild one. But again, one of those things like wouldn't have been a big deal if he just disclosed it. And then I think he just got like nervous on stage and so that was a little bit yeah. weird. Um but then some guy in the audience came up to her after the show and was like, I could treat you way better, like and then they exchanged numbers and I think they like, texted her a little. So you never know. Oh, and another yeah, another cool story is that, like, I started having singles mixers after the show because for everyone in the audience, I tried to, like, sort of promote, like, this motto, like, what you were saying, like, just be down for anything. Like, fuck yes should be your motto. Why not? Like, why the fuck not? That was the motto. Like, you should always just okay. have a why the fuck not motto as long as you, like, feel safe. And I was, like, I gave people stickers as they walked into the auditorium, as they walked into the theater. And it was like green means they're single, red means they're not, whatever. Oh. And I was like, guys, look around. Like, you're all like-minded. You all live in New York. You all could have been anywhere in the world right now. But you were at this comedy show. You all have something in common. If you have a green sticker, you're single. And I get them, like, in the mindset. Like, I have, like, Reiki shamanic healers, like, do, like, meditations with them. And then after, there's a mixer. And then all the people with the green stickers start, like, talking to each other. And it makes it permissible. Like, normally, you're like, oh, that guy's cute, but can I actually go up to him? But everyone yeah. has a sticker and they've just been told like mingle and they didn't feel like they signed up for like some weird like singles mixer. It just like happened. Yes. So, I was going to say that. Yes. Because like I would never go to a singles mixer. No. I would. But you would go to a comedy show and if someone said exactly. like this is now a mixer and everybody was in that mindset. So anyway, moral of the story, one yes. of my friend, one of another guy friend from high school came to my show. He had a green sticker on. I also, when I say guy friend, this is a kid I was like friendly with in high school. I hadn't seen him like. 10 years and he was like Emma and I was like are we friends but anyway he came to the show <laughs> love him great kid we've we've reunited since and now he started dating one of the girls with the green stickers he started talking to after my show and they've been dating for like two years and they met at my Shut mixer up. yeah 
You have to get your um, what's the license where you can like officiate weddings. And, I know. Like, be out there and like be like, I did this. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's so fun. Yeah, and I love the concept. It's not a singles mixer, but like we're talking about dating now. Let's go talk about dating with each other because I feel like I mean I'd love to ask you about dating in New York because I mean I'm from California through and through and like dating in San Diego it's its own thing. Like I could talk about it for days, but I know New York is very specific and it's a redundant question, but like. What was your experience dating in New York now that you're in a relationship, which I would, I would also like to know about? Um, how was your experience dating while you were – this is the question. Mm-hmm. There was a lot there. This is the question. How was your experience dating while you were doing this show? Did it help you, guide you? Did you realize that this was like you had a knack for it and so you could date anyone or – I think there's something – that is very attractive to men when they feel that you're not coming on to them at all. Like, I Mm. feel like I got hit on more when I would just recruit guys to be on my show and I wasn't pursuing them. And they'd be like, so you pick me, but you don't want to date me. Like, they were almost like intrigued and like, well, what happened? And there's something that like makes guys more into you when you're just like, you're awesome for my friend. Like in this like weird way, it like kind of hits their ego in a way that's like, oh, "Oh, I'm awesome enough, but not for you. And then it's not even like a question of like, do I like Emma? It's more just like, wait, why didn't Emma like me enough for her though? Like, why did she like me enough to like shoo me off? And so I kind of found that um, in some respects, like there were guys on dating apps who, well, I got, well, I mean, there were plenty of guys who were like, this is fucking weird. Leave me alone. But um Actually, one time, some guy screenshotted my weird message being like, would you like to be on my show? And sent it to his like group chat being like, look at this fucking weirdo on Tinder. And the guy that was in his group chat was my friend's boyfriend and was like, oh, no, no, no. I actually know her. I've been to that show. Like, it's legit. And then, like, I don't know. That was kind of cool. So I was like, yeah, fuck you. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, how did this change my dating? I don't know. I mean, I feel like dating in New York, if I had to describe it in one word, would be settling, um, which is just okay. like, it's not that they, you can't find like good men, but the ratio of like men to women is just not even. Um, and so for every good man, you can reasonably assume that he's also talking to like three or four other girls. This is, we're talking about hetero dating, obviously, but, um, but, uh, I think the pandemic changed that because people because of health reasons and health risk reasons couldn't really be like seeing multiple people and also didn't want to necessarily risk their lives to do it. Um, Exactly. But in general, I would say I, until I met my current boyfriend, um, I consistently settled for things I would never tell my friends to settle for. So were you dating actively when you were doing this show? Yeah. I mean, I was like dating, like I felt like I was just like perpetually single, always going on dates. Um, and, uh, I like until, until I started dating my, my current boyfriend, I just had like little flings. Like I had things that would last for like three-ish months here and there. Um, and the reason that I didn't get into any relationships was because I didn't date anyone that I was like, oh, we could be in a relationship. Like there was just nobody a lot of it was like, I was like dipping my toe half in because I was like, this is not someone I could date long term anyway, but it's better than nothing. But then in retrospect, was it better than nothing? I don't know. Anyway, I give advice based on things I've truly learned along the way. And I feel like a lot of people who watch my videos um, on TikTok about dating advice are in their early 20s. And having like come out on the other side, not that I'm like 50, but like as a 29 year old, having just been there, but having come out. Yes. 
I'm like, I did this in my 20s. Like, learn from me because like five years ago, I was you. I'm not saying this as like some wise guru. I'm saying this as someone who's just like been through some shit. Like, don't do it, you know? Right. Exactly. So do you think you have any like principles that you preach, maybe even on TikTok that you're like, okay, this is what I wish I would have told my 20-something self when I was starting to date? Yeah. I mean, I think like if you can't, you can't change who somebody is. And if you find that somebody has like um, confusion about you, don't be confused about what that means. Like if someone doesn't know that they like you enough to give you their time or their energy, that is your answer. And if you are finding yourself interpreting every text, wondering if you can text them first, crafting text messages in your notes section, asking friends for advice, asking what this means, the answer is no. Because if you don't, not even about what it actually means, if you don't have that inherent feeling that of stability, it doesn't even matter what it actually is. If you don't feel stable, they could be the most honest person who's truly not playing you. They could genuinely be busy with work and not be lying. It does not matter. You don't feel stable. The relationship is about how you feel. And I wish I knew that. I I wish I knew that too. And I am go- as I go back out into the dating world, world because I'm like just now vaccinated, just now feeling okay with going out. I am very much at the practicing the idea that I have to like them more than they like me or like I have to be the person who's in charge or has agency within the encounter because I used to be the person I didn't care if I liked them if they didn't like me it would wreck it would wreck my world it would wreck my day I like didn't know why I couldn't like be out and date and you know date someone I actually liked because a lot of the times I ended up dating guys I didn't like just because they liked me and I would get played and it was like what like at the end of the day, you're like, you're like, I thought I played you. How did this happen that my feelings are hurt now? Yeah. Right. Right. And so, okay. So what is different now with the person you're dating in comparison to like the people you dated when you were in your early twenties? Um, so right off the bat, what was different was just the consistency and the communication. There weren't like any games. Like it was all in, like the texting was intentional. The texting was consistent. And I always say, if they only text you and never make plans, they're just like looking for attention. They want a pen pal. They want to know that they have someone they can text when they're lonely. If they only text you to like meet up, then like maybe they don't enjoy your company that much and they just want to like hook up. But if you have someone that's like texting you things that happen to them throughout their day or thinking about asking you questions about your day, and they're also like, and what are you doing tonight? Or what are you doing tomorrow night or whatever? And it's not just like, just the the biggest thing that I would say that I realized early on that was different was just like we were just genuinely like in communication throughout our days like oh my god this crazy thing just happened or like look what I just saw on the street and also being like okay like tonight seven o'clock let's meet for dinner we were hanging out in daylight we weren't just like being like meet me at this <laughs> bar at, at ten thirty. um like he was interested yep. in my comedy shows and was like trying to come to them early on um But it wasn't like love bombing in any way. It was just like a mutual interest that you could just feel. So, Right. And that's exactly what we all want. But we think it has to be like this intense, like like something is so, you know, polarizing. And there is obviously like a spark. But I think we we want the drama, especially in in my early 20s. Like people just like want drama. Like if they're not texting me, it means I have to try harder. But like, Mm -hmm. no, that means I just like don't like you probably. Right. Back to like New York dating. Uh, 
people were just very much like there are unlimited options and like I could be talking to whoever I want to whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, I'd rather be with someone that I could spend time with safely and all of that. So has that – have you seen any change? I'm not sure exactly how active you are in matchmaking still, but have <laughs> you seen any change in the people you talk to and their intentions for dating right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, now as people are starting to get vaccinated, I feel like we're going to see a whole new wave of a lot of quarantine relationships that are going to end, of people who yes. realized they were together for, like, convenience and, like, survival. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like my friend said, it's really going to be a hot girl summer in New York. Or she, I know she said it's going to be a hoe summer, which I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, I just think people have a lot of, like, pe- like just built up sex, sex that they need to get out of their system. Um, oh, but yeah. during COVID, I, I feel like it was the most akin to sort of like our grandparents generation of just like, there aren't a thousand options. So if there's someone really good in front of you, you are forced to reckon with what's good about them instead of what could potentially be better in another partner. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you're dating someone who makes you happy, instead of thinking like, but would this type of person make me happier? You're like, but they make me happy. And right. that is something that I think um, lack of choice kind of forces you not to settle, mm-hmm. but to reckon with your own internal needs. And I think that that's right. something that happened a lot during COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like you're like looking for anyone or you're lowering your standards at all. It's that you're figuring out like what values are important to you and like mm-hmm. things are a lot more serious. Like we're having conversations about politics. Mm-hmm. We're having conversations about COVID safety and like mm-hmm. your beliefs on it. And right. like those things are like long-term morals that you're going to like have to deal with forever. And right. so it makes it more selective and more – I don't know. I think you'd end up, even if it's not the person you're going to end up with forever, a really good person who's going to help you like learn and and grow. A hundred percent. For sure. Yeah. And I also just think 2020 was a year with so many important issues that as a couple, you would need to know if you agree on that. It definitely was like, if you were dating someone to know how you feel about like handling the pandemic, to know how you feel about systemic racism, to know how you feel about Trump versus Biden. These were issues that speak to volumes about where people stand in general, about so such bigger issues. And so if you were dating someone, you were in 2020, you were really like, you were looking like, like brass tacks, like, do we agree on the fundamentals? And this was a right. year that really like showed if you did or didn't. Yes. No. And I don't think it's even a negotiable question anymore. Like, I think it's a first date, like, even before you meet, like, hey, can you give me a checklist of a couple things? Right. If we were to, like, leave the listeners with anything today, as we are going into Hot Girl Summer and the streets are calling, mm-hmm. right? Yes, <laughs> yes. What, what are some things that you think should be brought up on a first date? 2021, like, how would you give people advice to take on this new chapter of dating? In 2021, I think, um, know exactly what you're looking for. I I have a video about this on TikTok, but I always recommend like date with intention, date with mindfulness, and then you will know if you're dating someone who's a potential like long-term partner, because if you have no idea what you're looking for, how are you going to know if the person across from you at the table does or doesn't have the things that you need in a partner? And so write out, truly write out like they must have this. It would be nice for them to have this, and I don't care about this. And stick to those things, and okay. stick to your must-haves, and also center the things that you require in a partner around yourself. Don't give someone else all the power. Don't say like they must look like this, they must do this. Say like they must make me feel attracted to them, 
I must feel secure with them, uh, like whatever. So that these th- these are not things that you sort of give off to somebody. It's like you're sitting across from them. And how do you feel about those things? And do those things match up with how you want to feel about someone you date? Right. And be like, make those things non negotiable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of the time we think we know who we are and we think we can have like this understanding of uh, who we want to date, right? But then someone will say that like something that's completely in antith- antithesis of what we believe. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, well, maybe like I can move past that. Like, maybe like I can change them or I can fix them. And I think you mentioned that earlier. Like, you can't change anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, who they show up is probably who they are at, at least in some capacity. And being intentional with the way you show up is what's most important. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know who you are, you literally can't. Like I dated a Trump supporter for an entire fucking year of my life because I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea. I just didn't care. I was like, oh, he is fun. He is attractive. He has a cool job. <laughs> like that's all I cared about. Yeah. And, you know, we know that is I am now single. So that's how that ended. Right. And I've worked really hard to figure out who I am over this last year, as I think we all have, even intentionally or not intentionally. It just happens. Like we've had to face ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it will be it will be very interesting. And I think you gave some really great advice. I think those three um aspects, if you could repeat those again, because I think that those are really important. Was it the must have, nice to have, not important? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And also I would just say with your must-haves, like make them the most basic things that you absolutely require. Your must-haves don't need to be like a, a specific height or a specific religion or whatever. They should be like things that you absolutely cannot. This person is nice to me. This person is kind to my friends. This person does not abuse animals. Like the literal right. most basic things, but it can be as many. If there are a hundred things like that, Stick to if, if someone has 99 of them, they are not your person because, in theory, all 100 of them will be the things that you must, must have. Okay, that's a really good point. I like the must have, want, and then don't need. Yeah, like there are some things that we just like don't need in someone, it doesn't really matter, but like those are also benefits mm-hmm. in some way, right? Like, oh, like you have this, this is great, but like you're also this, and this is also great. Mm-hmm. So, the way we like to end my episodes is to hit on an important lesson that you have potentially learned. This could be at a time where you were like doing your dating show, maybe even doing the live single of the weeks, or even in comedy. And I'm curious to know, like, what's the most important lesson that you find you hold close to yourself? I think you, you are your biggest limiter. The person that tells you no the most is you. And whether that's in dating or career or your life, like there are so many times like you're just like, oh, could I like hold reach out to this person? No, that would be weird. You just told yourself that that person might respond. Or you're just like, could I ever get, could I ever date someone like that? No, no, no. They would never like me. You just told yourself that. Could I ever get this career? And of course, naturally with life will come rejections. But don't be the one to do it. Let somebody else reject you. Like, why are you going to stop yourself from even getting your from getting the opportunity? I love that. And I think it's so pertinent in everything that you've talked about that you've done today. Like, in comedy, like, you were like, I can do this. And and then the, the moment you had that interaction with the guy from high school, you were like, yeah, I have a dating show. Like, I have yeah. an improv dating show. Yeah. I have it. Yeah. You didn't stop yourself. And that was the first step to actually getting started. Yeah. It's like, now this guy expects to see my name in lights. Did he ever come to the show? You know what? No. So... Thank you. <laughs> Still haven't seen him in that audience. Um, 
but you know, I've seen him at parties since, and he's like, how's the show going? And, and I can actually be like, it's really good. Uh, it was just in the New York Comedy Festival. So yeah, like, isn't it crazy that I care? I mean, I don't care. I don't like this is more of like a funny anecdote. But I will say that like, talking up in a, a non existent show to him inspired me to like make the show existent exist. Yeah. And you didn't stop yourself from doing it, and now yeah. it's a thing. And now you're on podcast talking about it, and you've been written up in some amazing articles that I have read because I do my research. So well, there you go. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today, and everyone has to go follow. So where can we find you on social media? So follow me on TikTok. Uh, my TikTok is Emma underscore Vern. My Instagram is Emma Vern with no underscore. Those are like my two main platforms. If you want to follow the dating show. I've been on a, a slight hiatus with single of the week, but that's just at the dating show. So those are like my three, my, my big three besides my Leo, Mu, uh, uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm going to shut up. Those are my big three. <laughs> I was going to try and say a funny joke, but then it, it just wasn't working out for me. So stand up comedian here. Come yeah, on. I know. What's up? Womp womp. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you check out Emma and everything that she does because it's been really great to hear about it. So thanks for having me. me.